Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. What's happening, everybody? Happy Cezo de Mayo? I, I don't know. I don't know what comes after Cinco. <laughs> uh-huh. Good morning, uh, whatever time of day you're listening. Hi, guys. Evening. Sorry, we just got off our, our FM radio show. You can hear us Monday to Friday, 5.30 till 9.30 on 91.5 The Beat in Kitchener. Uh, t- uh, Tuesday, we are doing a 12-hour broadcast, though. You can hear us from 6 a.m. until 6 p.m., which is pretty badass. That's good. Second year in a row, we've done that. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different things to get to, Kat. First off, I want to make a suggestion that we find a way to make the justice system in this province a little more common sense. I think we all understand a good lawyer can get somebody out of a fairly heinous crime. They can get somebody out of a bad situation. But I feel like sometimes we should just skip the bullshit and just, I don't know, throw the book at somebody. Yesterday, 12 noon, noon hour, there was a guy driving drunk on Highway 85 in Waterloo. He crashed into the median. He decided, well, maybe I should get off the highway. He exited at Bridgeport Road and crashed into two more vehicles. Mm. He ditched his vehicle and tried to flee on foot, but the police caught the guy. 36 years old, that drunk at noon hour did a ton of damage. So he was charged with possession of stolen property over 5,000, possession of stolen property under 5,000, uh, two counts of failing to remain at the scene of a collision, possession of somebody else's identity documents, driving under suspension, dangerous driving. He had unauthorized plates, driving with no insurance and driving the wrong way on a one way street. He was held for a bail hearing. Why do we have to waste so much of the court's time? Giving this guy a fair trial when everybody saw him do it. Why? I mean, you're. I mean, you're preaching to the choir. There's so many. St- there's so many stupid things we have in place. I. It's, I struggle to even call it a justice system because there's rarely any actual justice in cases like this. And one's more severe. Um, where he, I mean, he could have killed somebody, right? And we've seen that before. We've seen that happen. Thank God he some- didn't. Yeah, like we've seen it before where somebody has uh, killed multiple people in this, and they still didn't get what they deserve. It makes me sad. It's one of the things that I we, that we really need to work on in this country because we believe in. Oh, we can, you know, people can be, can, can change. That's basically what we believe. And what they're saying is you can get away with it. And it's, it's, it's terrible. Like I'm all for the death penalty, to be honest with you. And, and I'm not saying for this particular case that you're talking about at all, but I'm just saying, generally speaking, a lot of the time when people either get off on crimes, yes, or even do jail time, but it's, it's fucking sad. You know, they'll, they're supposed to be in for 20 years. They only get like five Give me a break here. And some of these people just, they're bad people, not good people. Well, I'm not sure they're ever going to learn a lesson. So, I mean, overall, I think our we need a big refresh when it comes to that. I, I would love for someone to step in and say, you know what, Canada? It's not looking great here because it seems like people can get away with all kinds of shit. And, I mean, drunk driving is a start, absolutely. But there's so much more. This person's license was already suspended. He didn't have valid plates. He didn't even have insurance. Yeah. And he's driving drunk at 12 p.m. that badly. I mean, maybe it's bail. You hear a lot of chiefs of police trumpeting the the bail cause because uh, we all know there's gangbangers out there that commit gun crimes and they're out on bail. Mm-hmm. They get bail. It doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Now, this guy has a bail hearing today. I can't think of a single reason that he would need bail. 
He was already driving under suspension, which leads me to believe that he'll probably drive again once his license is suspended for this one as well. Like at some point, there has to be actual consequences for the crimes you commit. And I'm just not confident that justice is going to get done here. It's very, very frustrating. Mm -hmm. Anyway, how was your Cinco de Mayo? Did you get a lot of DMs yesterday? I did get several DMs. Honestly, I got I got DMs about all kinds of different subjects that we talked about in the podcast. Not necessarily about Cinco de Mayo. I'm sure most of those went to you. I know a lot of people this morning during our show were texting us uh, photos of their Cinco de Mayo dinners, which were awesome. Like just, Some people went all out, much like you did. I know you did. Um, I'm also still getting DMs from this, <laughs> the sex toy amnesty conversation that we had. Oh, good. Fucking right. Do you want me to get, uh, okay. do you want me to, get yeah. to that first, or do you want to tell us how your dinner went last night first? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll do the dinner thing first. Uh, guys, it was good, as fully expected. I did screw up the first burrito, so I tossed that tortilla, put all the toppings back in a bowl, and, and what I did was I tried to compact all the toppings in one bowl and then turn the bowl upside down on the tortilla because I figured it would keep things more organized and I'd be able to roll it better. That actually helped. So I did chorizo meatballs. I did a corn and bean salad, three different kinds of beans, by the way. And I did the burrito, which did have sour cream. Uh, I made a burrito sauce, which was really just the mayo chup, which is underrated, by the way. I'll tell you that if you get a chance to buy the mayo chup, it's not bad. Okay, not great. It's not bad, though. It's more mayo than ketchup, but it was still decent. So I used some of that. All in all, it was a great dinner. And the second burrito roll. That was the winner. It was good. Good. Very good. So I'm glad to see Cinco de Mayo taken off. Uh, I realize it's probably now bigger in North America. Well, in this part of North America than it is in Mexico itself. Yes. But hey, whatever. It's a good excuse to try out some cuisine you might not eat every day and uh, a little bit of history, too. So there you go. I love Cinco de Mayo. The other day in the podcast, we talked about my proposal for a sex toy amnesty. As it turns out, sex toys in a relationship can be real hot or it can be a real bone of contention. (laughs) Some people would probably be surprised to find out their partner is packing a lot of shit. They got a lot of stuff. They could have uh, vibrators, dildos, blow up dolls, whatever, whatever they've got. Their partner doesn't know about it. So I suggested a very simple, honest thing. Everybody, we're going to slap all our shit down on the table. It's an amnesty. No questions asked. Here's what I got. Let's bring the skeletons out of the closet. What are you packing? So you got some DMs on this, did you? I did, yeah. Uh, This one is from, I'll call her D, from D. Hey, Kat, After 9 podcast listener here. I was listening to the one about the sex toy amnesty and the idea Scott had. It reminded me of a conversation I had with my ex. I found a few pairs of women's underwear after we had been dating for over six months. I went to him quite upset, assuming he was cheating on me. It all came out that they were his. And he had also been secretly stealing and wearing mine. He was actually bisexual with a whole box of different types of sex toys. He was reluctant to tell me about. I had absolutely no idea, so it came as quite a shock. Looking back, it's funny. Um, However, it wasn't at the time. It sparked a more in-depth conversation, which turned out to be a good thing for both of us. We understood each other better after we had an idea of certain boundaries. Uh, I can see it working half the time, depending. 
so thank you for that. I mean, then maybe there's something to be said for even deeper. I mean, yeah, it's good to get your skeletons out there and it might not work for that person you're with. And you got to have that conversation. Are they still together? Do you know? No, they are not together. Interesting. Okay. So this guy was not only he was involving women's panties in his, I don't know, what do we call it? Extracurricular activities. Sure, yes. But he was also using hers. That, uh, I don't think you should be wearing her underwear or playing with her underwear if she doesn't know about it, dude. Yeah, right? Like, I... Uh, kind of gross. Whole, the whole thing, though, I mean, it's you need to you need to be kind of on the same page with that sort of thing. I'm, you know, because there's some people that do that and they, they truly... And maybe she didn't know. It's hard to say whether he was bisexual or not. And that before that conversation happened. But the fact that it sparked a conversation is so important. And I don't know why... It doesn't happen, you know, early enough in a relationship. But thankfully, she she found out more and realized, okay, this isn't for me. Let's do that earlier in relationships. Don't waste your fucking time, everybody. Mm-hmm. Don't waste your time. Right. I say Friday of the long weekend. That's when you have that awkward conversation. Right. Just that's <laughs> you're either going to be time. single for the rest of it, or you're going to be banging yeah. for the whole weekend. <laughs> perfect time. <laughs> Uh, any other DMs on this? You know, I don't have any more DMs on that. I have some about uh, some other stuff that we were talking about this week. Okay. Um, one here from M. She said, I listen to you guys every morning. I've never missed a podcast. Thank you so much for the smiles and the laughs. I wanted to say thank you for your input on today's podcast, that being yesterday's, about distance learning and the benefits for some students. My kids have been home all year. We are immune compromised in different ways, and I'm home to help out. So it was the right choice for our family. My son has various special needs. The school setting has been extremely challenging for him over the last five years. At home, he has thrived with extra support. His grades have been at the best that they've ever been. He's mm-hmm. much more confident and outgoing on camera and has made friendships and connections he may not have done in a regular setting. I get tired of the narrative that in-person is the best for everyone. He enjoys school more this year than ever and has chosen to stay home next year again. Uh, thanks for seeing all sides and for keeping us smiling. So, That's yeah. a great DM. Yeah. So thank you. Listen, Oecta and uh, what is it? The uh, Who is it? There's Oecta. There's the OSSTF, Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation. And I'm trying to think of that other union, the public school teachers. Do you remember what they're called? I'm trying to remember here. The, one sure. of the teachers unions, the, the big one, actually. They are staunchly opposed to this distance learning continuing next year. And frankly, again, I got to ask, are there teachers out there that are embarrassed by this union? Because at a time when we've just gone through everything we went through, where there was no other alternative but distance learning, how can you still be opposed to distance learning? Mm -hmm. The province has announced it's going to be available as an option next year. Optional. For you, if you want to take advantage of it and the union's ready to to fucking go hog wild on this, they're getting commercials ready. They're putting out press releases. They held a news conference yesterday and I can't figure out why, Mm -hmm. you know, they say, oh, well, it's going to direct funds out of the regular education system. Do you know what would actually be a better position for you guys to take? And I don't want to help out the teachers union because I don't think that they really do look out for the best interests of their members. I really don't. But if you guys want to really do something constructive, encourage them to spend more money on distance learning. If it's going to be available anyway, make it as good as it can be. Invest in proper protocols and procedures. 
uh, maybe a proper timeline. Maybe you guys should get better web cameras, better technology, whatever the case may be. It's happening. No matter what, it's happening. This is a new reality. Like, get behind it and improve it. Don't just sit there and oppose it. This is the same union that was opposing it this time last year. Remember that huge fight, all the walkouts last year, last school year? That was because they didn't want distance learning at all. Well, we needed it, and we're probably going to need it again in the future. Although, I think there are some parents who might have taken the distance learning option, but changed their mind yesterday when they found out it's possible 12-plus could be vaccinated before the school year begins next year. Mm-hmm. It's a tough choice for parents to make, right? I know there's a lot for of parents sure. who are hesitant about taking the vaccine themselves, and I don't know if they're going to want to give it to their kids. Yeah, I'm not sure. But for other people, hey, that's good peace of mind. You can be fully vaccinated before you go back to school, and you can, for the most part, feel safe. Um, by the way, to answer your question there, I can tell you firsthand from the people that I speak with frequently that are teachers that, yes, they do get embarrassed, very embarrassed by it. Just so you know. Yes. <laughs> I, I do happen to know that that is true, too, yes. just from some of yes. my contacts. Um, can I just do one more DM on the male engagement rings that we spoke of yesterday, too? Oh, yeah, totally. So we mentioned uh, yesterday Tiffany's. I'm, I'm surprised it wasn't officially done before, although anyone can use any ring as an engagement ring. Yes, technically. But Tiffany's uh, was out for with their very first line of men's engagement rings. So we spoke about that and would ya and have ya. So Brandon sent me a DM. Hey, Kat, just listen to you on the podcast. You guys were talking about Tiffany's and the engagement rings for men. I'm engaged. I was supposed to get married last year, but it was postponed due to COVID. And since the day we were supposed to get married, I started wearing a silicone band. It's cheaper than Tiffany, though. <laughs> Love the yeah, show. Yeah, certainly is. Yeah. You know, thank you so much for that, Brandon. And that's great because you know what? He wants to still make it clear that he's taken, I suppose, is the point of that. The silicone ones, by the way, are where it's at. My husband lost a bunch of weight, so his ring just didn't fit anymore. It just fell right off. And I'm like, I don't want to buy a new fucking ring. Or even, even like, both of us were like, you the cost. cheap bitch. Just buy oh, the guy some bling. Oh, you shut the fuck you up. You take care of your man. You That's sh- what you should you fucking do. You shut the fuck up. So anyway, <laughs> so he... He actually bought like a silicone ring and he's like, this is so comfortable. I don't even feel it. It is so much better. Why do we bother spending so much money on this shit? And I tend to agree. So, hey, to each their own, you do you, boo-boo, as they say. And uh, yeah, guys, you can DM us anytime. It's, by the way, at Scott Fox on air and Instagram and at Cat on air, Cat with a K. Last night, one of our favorite shows, Mutually, and we don't have a lot of shows in common that we both like, but we do both like the Masked Singer no real surprise there, right? At who got sent home? It no, was Tyrese. Well, hey, Everybody knew it was okay, Tyrese. For, for, t- to answer your question, I was actually surprised that the, the robo-pine went home. Yes, but not surprised at who's under it because I said that many times it's Tyrese. It was the most obvious fucking thing in the world. You were spot on. Yeah. Yeah, it was the most obvious thing. And the package, by the way, last night, if you don't watch the show, they give you like a clue package before they start singing every single time. So they give you a little more clues as you go. And sometimes the clues are stupid and in a far stretch. But sometimes they're pretty um, uh, noticeable and, and you can you could tell what it's about. And last night was the case for me when he was talking about someone close to him who died. And they gave like a, they showed it at, at the acting faces and everything. It was obviously that he, obvious to me that he was talking about Paul Walker. So anyway, I think all of them on the panel, like usual, knew that this was Tyrese, but a couple of them pretended they didn't. Uh, but it, it was Tyrese, who who did remind us he's got a great voice. He really does. Mm-hmm. He really well, he does. was a singer before an actor, right? It, yes, you're right. Yes, he absolutely he was. And, and Fast and Furious, the second one, uh, where Vin Diesel was out, 
that gave him his his start really in acting to get back into acting because I believe he might have done a couple of small things, but nobody realized he was actually kind of fun. He's a fun, goofy kind of guy, and he's great in that series. I'm not sure how much other acting work he gets aside from the from that, but he's he's great. I do really like him. I, I was surprised he left though. I thought who I think it's Nick Lachey still behind the piglet costume. I thought it was going to be Piglet going home. I'm waiting for him to to reveal that it's it's Nick Lachey. It's got to be Nick Lachey. Huh. Okay. Uh, today is an important benchmark, and we will get to that coming up in just a sec. First off, how fucking bad is this YouTube channel of the Royals going to be? It's going to be a whole channel of just them waving, right? Like Kate <laughs> and William are starting a YouTube channel, and you know that millions of people will subscribe to this. I just don't know who's actually going to watch it. They do a lot of boring shit over the course of a day. Yeah, this is so... Uh, I mean, it's obviously it's kind of a calculated move to to do something like this. and To and, be 2021? Well, I just to, to be able to create their own narrative on things, right? They don't want it to be all Harry and Meghan going to the press about things if shit gets dirty. So uh, this is another way for them to reach out and do some behind-the-scenes, they say. There's going to be more stuff about their family and content like that. And their kids are adorable, so that's great, fine. Uh, Behind-the-scenes stuff, yes. And, oh, and uh, on their travels. I mean, same as you usually see on Instagram, I would say, but it's going to be more in-depth on their YouTube channel. At last check, it already has 1.4 million views for their debut video. And let me see if I can find out how many subscribers. (laughs) You're not wrong. 254,000 subscribers, and they just started it. Yeah. Yeah. I find subscribing to anything on YouTube is annoying. I've unsubscribed from just about everything on YouTube because the amount of notifications you get from that fucking app drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Just crazy. Oh, speaking of notifications, though, I got my monthly reminder that my COVID tracking app is still working yesterday. Oh. <laughs> no exposures. No shit. I haven't gone anywhere. <laughs> of course there was no exposures. I wonder how many people are still using that or people that are getting it. These these twenty nine hundred people a day on average that are getting it. Are they actually taking the time to put that into the app? Because I feel like people that are coming out positive, they'll tell a few people, but they're not really broadcasting the fact that they got COVID. I mean, there's going to be a lot of fear there anytime that you're supposed to be inputting information about yourself like that. And if you are keeping private, but you're doing the right things, then you probably feel like, why? Why do I need to? Why do I need to? And we've also heard so many stories about how shitty this app is. I mean, they themselves said, yeah, it's not really working the way we wanted it to. So that probably stopped people from inputting their info, too. Two weeks from today is a big day. It's reopening day in Ontario, May 20th. Okay. Two weeks from today. Well, yeah. Well, let's just, businesses, get ready. Th- 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 Unlock th- your th- doors. Stop. Start ordering food. Stop. Get that beer in there. We are reopening two weeks from today. Hang on. Stop. Hang on. You seriously think it's going to happen? Okay. So I think that there is a lot of reason to be optimistic that it could two weeks from today be good. Because we've seen the numbers go from the 4,000s down into the 2,000s. That's good. They say the stay-at-home order is working. I don't know if it is or not. I also don't know a lot of people that are firmly staying home. But either way, uh, the numbers are going down. We're getting shots in arms. It's possible, in theory, we could reopen two weeks from today. Although I don't think for a second that they're going to reopen and say, all right, we're good, right before the May 2-4 weekend. I don't see that happening. What was the last uh, long weekend we had? What was it? Easter. 
And that's when shit got crazy. Right. Was right after yeah. Easter. So, I mean, yeah. I, I guess the angle could be they extend it again. That takes us into June. Then we can slowly start to reopen. Got to go to the gray. Got to go to the red. Go to the orange, yellow, green. Backwards, reverse chronological. I don't know if it's going to make a huge difference, though. I mean, if they want to, and congratulations, by the way, to the province. They set a pretty ambitious goal yesterday. They say now that we've got a more stable supply, we can commit to this. Eight million people in Ontario will have received at least the first shot by the end of May. That's great. I mean, I am optimistic when I hear about supply being there. That's so important, of course. I'm optimistic when I look at my timeline that more people are getting the shot, more people in my age group that are teachers. I saw a few more of them get it. I was happy to see that. So, I mean, we're moving We're moving and grooving here, but I don't think that we should be in a rush to, to open it up anyway, and they're probably going to see it that way too. I am in a rush. This I time I am. I know you are. No, but I mean, seriously, I, and it's not just that I'm angry that we're even in a third wave, but there's so many time sensitive things that are going to get kicked by the wayside if we don't get some sort of an indication of when this is going to happen. And and yeah, I mean, yesterday I talked about sports, uh, that football season or soccer or volleyball or whatever it is that your kid plays. Yeah, they need to know when they can start because there's a very small window before those sports aren't even viable anymore, before they can't even really do a regular season. We're getting into the warmer weather and there's people that want to be outside. And and I just really think that if the government wants to be on the right side of this, there's two ways they can do it. They can either just accept the fact that people are going to do it anyway and give them ways to do it safely, or they can go double down on this lockdown shit that we're in and people are just going to say fuck you and completely tune them out so i don't know which way it's going to go but i mean if if i'm doug and christine sitting there at queen's park i'm thinking to myself okay at easter we told people don't gather they gathered even bigger than they probably would have otherwise just to piss people off and prove a point Mm -hmm. so this time around maybe we should say okay here's the situation We're getting closer to having enough people vaccinated. We know there's people who have been out of work way, way, way too long. So we're going to do a soft reopening and we're going to hold on. We're going to do a soft reopening and and we're not open by any means, but we're going to allow businesses to open up with these rules in place. And if you follow the rules, we should be able to keep the spread low enough for two to three more weeks until we get that 65% of the province up over 75% of the province and even more people with their second shot. And then we should be smooth sailing, you know, so it's, it's not a firm reopening. We're not putting up the sign at the border again, saying Ontario's open for business. We're not doing that, but we're going to allow you to do some things. We're going to allow you to go outside again. We're going to allow sports to resume haircuts, uh, patio dining, that sort of thing. I think that they need to do it or, again, people are just going to do it themselves. They're just going to say, fuck this. I mean, we have a pretty short summer in Ontario to begin with, and we're getting right there soon. And if they force people to stay inside for uh, even a couple of weeks of the short summer we get, I don't know how it's going to go, Cat. And it's kind of hard to justify when there's that many people that are getting vaccinated every single day. And give credit where credit is due. We're doing a really good job of vaccinating people. We went from 50. 
Yeah, we went from 58th in the world to 38th. And now anybody 18 plus in Peel region can get a shot. 18 plus in Peel region, you can get a shot. Yeah. You know, if you'd asked me at the beginning of this fucking rollout when Peel and Toronto were the only two regions that were actually still in lockdown, who do you think is going to be first to open up the vaccine rollout? It wouldn't have been Peel. It wouldn't have been my first guess. But uh, clearly the mayors of Brampton and Mississauga are very good lobbyists and they got the premier to send them even more shots. And so they're doing 18 plus. Good. How long until the rest of the province does that, do you think? I mean, technically, it's only 50 plus where it's no questions asked. You can go in and get a shot. Yeah, I don't think it's going to take too long. Um, probably, I don't think it's going to take too long. I mean, my my thought was that I'd probably get it in June, but it looks as though that might, that might even be this month just because of the amount, they say, um, of vaccines that are coming our way. And more and more regions are opening things up individually to different people and Slowly we'll get there. Yeah, the 18 plus thing, I'm not sure. I'm not sure when we'll get there. Probably in a couple of months, I'd assume. But I'm just good with uh, getting getting them all in the arms now. Let's go. And and good for you, Peel Region. That's great. I hope you guys all uh, head online and pre-register or, or just show up. I think a lot of places are just like you show up there, right? That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, they're taking their mobile units. Apparently there's five mobile units between Toronto and Peel that are going around to different workplaces. Oh, cool. Okay, fine. Right. I mean, I guess it's convenient if the truck is outside your job and you just stroll across the sidewalk and get a shot. That's yeah. good. I don't know that we needed to make it that convenient right away, but uh, OK. All right. You guys apparently are the experts. You think this needs to be done. So if it needs to be done, just make sure it gets done. Yep. Um, OK, last one on this. With us being two weeks away now from the the date that, as of right now, is reopening date, unless they extend it, two weeks away, if Toronto and Peel are still up Shit's Creek, but the rest of the province is still doing as well as the rest of the province is, can certain areas reopen without Toronto and Peel again this time? Right. Do you think Doug's going to leave those two areas in lockdown again while the rest of the province reopens their restaurants and hair salons and nail salons and everything else. No, I think that that's what the that's what the whole point of them having more vaccines available to them in those hotspots. I think that's the point of it. it that, that's the way I see it. We get more there. We get more in arms there to bring down our numbers as a whole in Ontario. Once our numbers as a whole in Ontario go down, even if it's still, you know, warm, I won't say hot spot, but even if there's still warm spots there in Toronto and Peel, at least we'll be in a little more of an even playing field across Ontario and then we're able to open up. I think you run a lot of risks if you continue to keep a stay at home order in place in Toronto and Peel. We all know what's going to happen. There's people there that will just leave and go shop and go do things in other spots. So it's kind of like we it's been proven, basically, that if you want to do that, you're just asking for that shit to spread to other areas that are now good and doing well. So the more the, the key here is, and we've said it multiple times, is to get the shots in arms to make sure that we can just open as a whole across Ontario. We'll all be happy doing that. Nobody will be leaving and having to show their ID to a fucking barber in fucking Belleville or some shit just to get their hair cut. I don't want to see any of that. So I I hope that they do it that way anyway. I truly do. I don't want them to continue to keep them in a stay-at-home order and the rest of us out of one. I don't want it out of whack anymore. So, And I think they see it that way too. So I think that the reason why they're doing what they're doing is so that they can have a a, even a soft reopening, if you as you put it, um, across the board. 
I think Doug's too much of a coward to leave Toronto and Peel closed again, but allow the rest of the province to reopen. I mean, I'm looking at the numbers right now, and it's kind of hard to even make a case for why our area is still closed. I mean, Waterloo Region yesterday, 47 new cases, active cases down by 40, 501 active cases in the entire Waterloo Region, Cambridge, Kitchener, Guelph, and all the townships around it, 501 active cases, Wellington, Dufferin, and Guelph. They had uh, 27 new cases yesterday. They got 351 active cases. 351 is, I mean, we were open the last time there was 351 active cases. So I have to think that even right now, most of the province is still in this because of Toronto and Peel. And that's probably an indication of what's going to happen in two weeks. If Toronto and Peel aren't under control, nobody gets to reopen. And and Doug doesn't have the balls to, to say if you're doing good, here's your reward. I know we stole your shots from you to give them to Toronto and Peel. We're still working on them. We're going to leave them closed, but you can reopen. I don't think he's going to do that this time. I do have a feeling you're right. It's going to be a provincial reopening or mm-hmm. he'll reopen the north, but leave the south closed or something like that. But I don't think it's going to be another case where Halton, for example, where I'm sitting right now, Halton is never one of the worst. We could probably reopen. We can reopen safely. There's one postal code in all of Halton region in Milton, South Milton, that's got a problem. It's the only hotspot in the entire region. The rest could reopen. I just don't think Doug's going to do it this time. Uh, But Doug, if you're listening and you'd like to come on and talk to us about these things, we can talk through it. You just give me a call. You've got my number. Are you worried at all about Saturday? I mean, it's like a one in a trillion chance, but there's still a chance that we could get hit by a Chinese rocket. (laughs) (laughs) This is so messed up. It's like the Mir space station all over again. (laughs) Remember when that thing fell out of orbit and nobody knew where it was going to fucking land? Right. No, totally. Well, maybe that's why I just, I'm like, whatever. Like, I don't, I don't care. But uh, so, no, I mean, to answer your question, there's not a piece of me that's actually worried about it i'll probably forget about it it's gonna be like monday and you're gonna be like well it's a good thing you didn't hit i'm gonna go what the fuck are you talking about so yeah i I don't i I think everything's gonna be fine i'm just gonna go with that i'm numb at this point (laughs) fun fact yeah you know what it might actually be interesting it might be interesting i don't care uh for those who haven't heard the story here you go there is uh a rocket from china that propelled the new chinese space station into orbit And typically, those rocket boosters that give it enough thrust to get off the ground and into our orbit, typically, those things will burn up on re-entry, or they've got a a mechanism by which they can destroy it if it doesn't blow up. But in this case, none of that worked. And this rocket is now floating uh, lower and lower and lower every single day into a low-Earth atmosphere that soon it's just going to come crashing back down to earth gravity is going to do what gravity does it's going to pull it back down to land and they don't know exactly when it's going to hit that means they don't know exactly where so they've drawn a pretty big area here they're saying it'll likely be in this part of the world our part and it'll be somewhere between brazil and either new york or ontario I don't like your odds, Florida. You're right in the fucking splash zone there. I mean, (laughs) if if we draw this out, it's going right for South Beach. That's what's happening here. And and it's weird because they asked a Pentagon representative about it yesterday. They said, hey, listen, um, we know that you guys have the technology to shoot something down in space. 
That's why we have the Space Force. Will you shoot it down? And they flat out said, that's not an option. We're not shooting it down. Why wouldn't we? I mean, it's not very often this happens. It's good for target practice, no? Yeah, I... Just well, think I mean, of it seriously. As, right, just think of it as like a warm-up of what of what could be. Is that what you want it to be? If you have an air rifle, you're going to pick sure. off some pop cans in the backyard. That's yeah, just the yeah, way it yeah. works. If you have the ability to shoot something down in space, you might want to shoot something down in space. Fuck it, just give her. It. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, I, uh, practice makes perfect. Ain't that what they always told us? Yeah. I mean, it's okay. It's a little bit different than target practice, quote unquote, because, I mean, it's a guided <laughs> missile. But if we can shoot something down that's coming at us from space, why wouldn't we try? Because it'll go terribly, terribly wrong. That's possible, too. Imagine that. The missile we shoot misses it'll and it backfire. comes crashing back down. Yeah, it'll backfire for sure. The way shit's going for us, you know it's going to only get it, make it worse. Um, I don't want to be this guy and I, I, I don't want to shit on the Chinese, but I mean, this is another issue with China. They sent this rocket up and it was supposed to be destroyed and it didn't get destroyed. Now it's going to crash back down, possibly on us. Like, at what point is Joe Biden going to pick up the phone and phone China and say, guys, come the fuck on here. Now you're dropping rockets on us. Like, can we please all get on the same page? Can we please all just get along? Stop with all this shit. Now there's rockets crashing down. Um, If it hits anywhere in North America... That's probably going to be a pretty big issue, I would think. Majority of the Earth is water, so chances are it would land in an ocean or something. But thanks, we won't really China. Know until thanks, Saturday. thanks for ruining Mother's Day. <laughs> guess, guess I'll fucking cancel my plans. Uh, actually, I'm glad you brought that up. They say this year, second Mother's Day in a row under a lockdown. 41% of people are going to see mom face-to-face this Sunday. Yeah. 41%. One in three, 29, will talk on the phone. 16% are going to video chat. 14% say they plan to shoot mom a text. Mm-hmm. Really? I'm not even going to see my mom. She said she doesn't want to get together this year. She doesn't feel comfortable doing yeah, it. And you know what? There's going to be a lot of people in that boat, and that's great. You're being safe, and that's good. But shooting her a text... Tell me you're going to call your mom, right? I think I'm going to ignore her. <laughs> oh, my God. You're the worst. I think I'm going to do something, that's but I don't Jeff, know what I'm going to do. That's why Jeff's her favorite. She told me. Yeah. Uh-huh. She would never say that. I know I'm her favorite. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll probably do a porch drop or something like that. But if she doesn't want to get together, she doesn't want to get together. And hopefully everybody's conscious of it. There's a lot more people that are becoming more and more pissed off at this stay-at-home order, and they want to do something defiant, but consider the comfort of the older people, especially if they're not vaccinated. And and you know what? If that's the case, if you're doing the right things here, you're worried about your moms, but you'd like to see them, but you're doing the right thing, when the time comes, you best give her the biggest fucking hug and bottle of whatever she likes to drink and celebrate her in that moment as best you can but it is shitty i mean this year it's shitty no matter what like i see my mom every day i'm I'm lucky i'm lucky that way i see my mom every single day so will i see her on sunday too she probably would say please don't i see you every other fucking day but i i know a lot of people don't even have the the option of of doing that because you're doing the right things second year in a row and so man that sucks that that really really sucks i hope that at least you can 
make some plans for June, if all goes well, to be able to give mom a nice hug or whatever else she wants. Or a card. You can always give her a card, which apparently is still the most popular gift to give on Mother's Day. According to Doug, Mother's Day will now be celebrated on Father's Day. Father's Day is going to be celebrated on Canada Day. Canada Day will be celebrated on Simcoe Day. Simcoe Day is just abolished and will probably be in the fourth wave by then. So you'll have to wait till after Labor Day until all the formalities are out of the way. Perfect. There you go. <laughs> hey, here's a good question before we talk about how fat Mark, Mark Wahlberg is. Um, are we having a normal Thanksgiving this year? In October? Oh, great question. So, I mean, I mean, I'd like to be optimistic. You know me. I'll try to be optimistic. I think that we're going to have relatively. I could see us being in that um, at least 10 people together in a room is no problem category. And, you know, people hear 10, but they're going to do like 14, 15. And I don't, I don't give a shit at that point. Or maybe we'll be. Or do you think there's going to be enough vaccines going around and enough people getting vaccinated that it's just going to be like. Whoever wants to get together, get together. Like, is that what you're thinking? You're thinking it might be that way? Or are you thinking more restrictions will still be in place, but we'll still be able to do a relatively normal Thanksgiving? I am a big, big, big advocate for recognizing more commonality with our American cousins. For example, I think that we should find a way to make our Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. align more closer with their Thanksgiving. And their Thanksgiving always lines up perfectly with Black Friday. So I think this year, if we wanted to make this the year where we say, you know what, we're not doing Canadian Thanksgiving that second Monday in October this year. We're going to bump it back to November and then we're going to have that nice little long weekend right before we go back to work for that last push before Christmas. I'd be totally okay with that. And I think we've got a much better chance at doing things normally if we do it in November, October still a little bit weird. There's probably going to be an uptick in infections when kids go back to school. So I don't know if it's the best idea. Um, there's going to come a time where we're going to be having Thanksgiving and there's going to be fucking COVID shots sitting on the table. Like, oh, you're not vaccinated. Hang on. I'll do it right here. <laughs> that sort of shit. But I don't know if this is going to be the year that that happens. I also think that uh, come next fall, we're going to ha- be having that conversation about booster shots. And we're going to be trying to revaccinate the people who got like AstraZeneca and were shit scared and didn't want to get the second shot. They only got the first. So there's going to be a lot of stuff like that, that October is going to be a little ambiguous. I think by November we'll probably be good. I, by the way, never want to have the American Thanksgiving on the day. Never, never. It's a month away from Christmas. It's one. No, I need to celebrate Christmas for two full months before Christmas. That's that's how I roll. I can't. So your problem with that is that it infringes too much on your extra long Christmas. You're absolutely right. It does. It's too close to Christmas. I don't want to see everybody that close together. No, you can see him in October. You see him a few months later in December. Perfect. Nobody wants to go that like that short of a time span between having people over and worried about who's bringing what, who's are for still doing potlucks, who's bringing what to the potluck, and who's coming in RSVP. I want to do that twice in the span of a month. That's what it is too. By the way, the Thanksgiving Day this year for the states is the 25th of November. No. Fuck that. I want to celebrate Christmas right away as soon as humanly possible. So November I 1st, it. trees up. Here yeah, we go. Basically, basically. Mark Wahlberg got so fat so quick, Cat. This is crazy. Uh, I'm looking at this picture you posted today on scottandcat.ca. Mark Wahlberg sharing an overweight photo intentionally for a movie rule. Yeah. And with the makeup technology we've got these days, 
I don't know that he necessarily had to actually put on the weight. I'm sure they could have just made him look out of shape, but he wanted to be authentic and he wanted to put on the weight. So he's taken in 7,000 calories a day, Mm. three times what the average person is supposed to eat. Yeah. And by the way, I mean, when you use the term fat for Mark Wahlberg, it's like a slightly overweight man, really. Well, for him, that is fat. For him, it's definitely huge because I think if you follow Mark Wahlberg, maybe you've heard the stories before. His routine's insane, and he shared it with people before. He's the type that gets up at 3 a.m., and in a day, he'll have like three, four workouts, and he eats basically nothing but like chicken and egg whites and veggies like that's it it's insane and he gets up in the middle of the night and works out right like Like, isn't he like a three four a.m yeah he gets up at three a.m every single day he still is doing that by the way but he gets up at three a.m every day because he wants to make sure he gets his workout in before his kids go to school then he goes back to the gym after that too his his routine is insane and good for him i mean i think it's incredible he's kept this going for years and years so this new routine that he's on he's sharing with uh people too along with that photo he keep in mind is doing this at the aid with the aid, sorry, of doctors and nutritionists. So he's not doing it with junky, gross foods, but still, I don't know. I think like molasses sounds gross to me to eat. But he has eight meals a day, which means he eats every three hours. Here's the breakdown. So three a.m. start right away. He has four eggs. He does still work out, but I'm sure it's a lot less cardio, a lot more other things. He then has eight eggs after that workout. That, that's a dozen eggs. That's a eggs. dozen eggs <laughs> right in away. the morning. Right a off dozen. the bat. Six strips of bacon, a cup of rice, two tablespoons of olive oil, and a protein shake. After that, he has some kind of ground beef or ground turkey, either in a patty or meatloaf form, and another cup of rice. Then he has half a roasted chicken, another cup of rice, a cup of cooked spinach, and a cup of cooked beets. Then he has an eight-ounce veal chop or a pork chop, a four-ounce piece of salmon, a cup of rice, olive oil, and beets. Then he has eight ounces of some kind of steak, eight ounces of some kind of whitefish, tons of vegetables. His nightcap is a a mashup of cooked steel-cut oatmeal with two tablespoons of applesauce, two tablespoons of jam, two tablespoons of almond butter, and a tablespoon of molasses. And he is a mass gainer says this trainer. So he actually is the type to put on weight in his sleep. He also treats himself to a cheat day. So if you're wondering, oh, come on, man, where's the fun in that? Where's the junk food at? He does do that. So on the weekends, for example, he'll go with his family, hit up his favorite restaurant, and he'll have pasta, he'll have pizza, he'll have cookies, and that's when he treats himself just once a week. But the rest of the day looks exactly like I told you. Isn't that insane? You know what's scary is my diet resembles his far too much. They say, by the way, they say an average American eats uh, three times less than that. So 7,000 calories a day is three times what the average American eats. But that's just the average American. Yeah. Which part of America, though? Because there's a lot of fat Americans. uh, Certain areas are worse than others, you know? I mean, are we talking like Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, America or California, Seattle, America? (laughs) It does not specify. (laughs) Okay, so here's a question. I get that there's a lot of people who love Mark Wahlberg. They think he's the greatest. He's the best looking. He's in the best shape. That sort of thing. Is he still as attractive? Oh, there's yeah. I mean, okay, for me, would you listen? <laughs> for me personally, I actually don't look at Mark Wahlberg's face and think that is a beautiful face. Honestly, 
But when you combine it with a personality, and sure, he's got a, a fit bod, um, you know, he's attractive. But no, he's not. If you're wondering, no, he's not my type. He's not on in my top 10 list of like celebrities that are the most attractive. No. Huh. Okay. I bet you there's still a lineup oh, of girls. 100%. Just a fucking crazy you're, lineup. You're fucking, they'll take, the, and we're talking about, like, fat Mark Wahlberg, yes. There's still a lineup. True. Yes. Even fat Mark Wahlberg could get laid far more than anybody else. You're it's absolutely crazy. right. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for checking out this edition of After 9. Covered it as much as we could here in this episode. For more, you can go to scottandcat.ca. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and you will get future episodes automatically. Tomorrow, we kick off the weekend with as much bullshit as we can string together. Dave Blizzard will join us then. Have yourselves a great Thursday. The artist, now formerly known as Diddy and about 200 other things, is once again changing his name with his new middle name, which is Love. His name is now Sean Love Combs. I like it. It would be funnier if it was Sean Love Honeycomb, but I think it's pretty good. Someone in Wisconsin just filed a lawsuit claiming that bagel bites do not contain real cheese or tomato sauce. Mm. I guess they missed the authentic mini pizza bagels that Grandma brought back from the old country. Star quarterback Tom Brady said recently that he would trade two of his seven Super Bowl rings to have won a championship at the end of his 2007 undefeated season. Sorry, but we already made a deal, said Satan. (laughs) New York City just announced that next year's snow days will be replaced with remote learning days. Which explains why third graders spent the day learning to say friggin' de Blasio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.